This is the Wu Wei Wisdom Podcast, our weekly no-nonsense life lessons aimed to inspire you to master your emotional and spiritual health, achieve balance, harmony, and flow, and rediscover the authentic and awesome you. We're your hosts, David James Lees and Alexandra Lees. This week, we are talking all about letting go of the past. Now, as you get older, do you find that you are increasingly ruminating on time that you believe you have wasted in your life, mistakes you think you've made, opportunities missed, or wrongs that still have not been righted? Well, in this teaching, you'll learn how to undo and let go of this rumination so you can finally start living happily in the present without looking back. Okay, David, so this rumination and not wanting to let go of the past, how common is it amongst your clients? It's very common, Alex, and it's something that it's it's almost like a kind of a habit that my clients will say, I'm stuck in this habit, this way of thinking. Some clients will even say it's natural, but it's not natural. This is a great example, and perhaps we can unpack this is the inner child. So this is a great example of the inner child. So perhaps before we find how you change it, let's try and understand what the inner child is trying to achieve here. Okay, so can we go even further back to basics? For our new listeners, what is the inner child? So the inner child is a label that I give to a part of your mind. You may want to call it your ego, your critical self, that little devil that sits on the corner on on your shoulder that's always criticizing you. So I would want to call that the inner child. I believe that label, that name for that part of your mind is far more helpful and allows you to find a resolution to these types of problems. This type of problem of living in the past, always comparing, thinking things should have been better, chastising yourself, going round and round on the carousel of despair. This is definitely the inner child. But I wonder, David, though, you mentioned the word natural. Isn't it natural as we get older to become aware of our own mortality and reflect on what we've done or haven't done in our life as a kind of natural or positive thing? Well, what point does it become a negative or inappropriate or unhealthy? Well, you mix two things up there. Our own mortality, it is natural as we get older to start to consider that and what our views are of death and whatever that entails. But looking back and saying it would have been better, for instance, it would have been better if I didn't make that decision. Well, how do you know that? It could have been worse. It would have been, wouldn't it be better if I hadn't made that mistake? Well, again, how do you know that? It could have been worse. So this is what the inner child part of your mind and I call wishful thinking. The inner child is always wishful thinking, always criticizing, saying, oh, you didn't do this right, or they did something against you. If they hadn't done this, our life would have been better. Oh my goodness, I hear so often with my clients. If my childhood would have been better, um, more loving, more supportive, more nourishing, my life would have been so much better, David. Well, how do you know that? Could have been worse. You don't know that. And this is exactly how that part of the mind, the inner child, 
view on life, worldview is, always looking, what's that old saying, the grass is always greener, yeah. always looking for something better. Oh, it would be better. Wouldn't it be better if my partner was better? Wouldn't it be better if I was in a better job? Wouldn't it be better if we lived somewhere better? And it's always looking on this constant treadmill of, of criticizing, comparing, and being judgmental. This is what we call CCJ. This is very important. Criticizing, comparing, being judgmental. If you do that about yourself or about other people, CCJ, this is your inner child. So many clients say to me, I've watched your video, but I don't recognize my inner child. This is your inner child. If you're comparing, criticizing, being judgmental, this is your inner child. Because the inner child part of your mind is never happy. It will never be content. The inner child, and this is why I like the name of it, wants what it wants. It wants it now. It wants it in the way it wants it. It wants everybody to give what it wants. It wants to be rescued. It wants to be taken care of. This is the voice of the inner child. And I guess, David, so not only do we fail to acknowledge the fact that, you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing. It's very easy to reflect back and say, well, if only I've said this or if only I'd made that decision, if only I hadn't done that. Well, not only is hindsight a wonderful thing and we've often failed to register that, but layered on top of it is what you've just been talking about is this inner child perfectionism inner child fantasy thinking that it's very easy for that part of our ego, our mind, our inner child to pick upon the what should have been the perfect outcome and assume that would have happened if we hadn't done or if they hadn't done it or if I'd have done this differently. And I guess naturally, as we do get older, we've got more of a catalogue of years of decisions, of choices, of actions, of inactions for the inner child to pour over and ruminate over. It's like, it's, it's, it's perfection for the inner child because it's got so much to pick at and judge you and criticize you about because you've been on the earth for longer. <laughs> well, that's a great example you've used at the beginning of what, of what you're saying. With hindsight, Think about that word. My clients say this to me all the time. With hindsight, David, wouldn't it have been better if I'd have made a different decision? I'm sorry, you haven't got hindsight because you don't know the outcome of a different decision. Exactly. The different decision could have been even worse. It could have been the worst thing you could have done. So you haven't got hindsight. And then exactly as you, as you said, all of these build up a kind of a library or a buffet where the inner child can go and gorge itself. Oh, well, look what happened there. Oh, look, I made the wrong decision here. And that's another wrong decision. And this wouldn't have been better. Because the inner child, as you quite rightly said, Alex, you're spot on, has this perception of perfection. That's what the inner child wants. What's perfection for the inner child? As I've just said, the inner child's idea of perfection is everything the way that it believes it should be, when it believes it should be, how it believes it should be. Every, see, it's all me, me, me. As I often say, the inner child is me, me, me. Enough about me. Let's talk about me. This is the inner child. 
Now, that doesn't mean to say it's evil or nasty or horrible or against you. That's why I prefer the label of the inner child. It's like a six-year-old child just wanting everything it wants when it wants it. And then when it goes wrong, guess who it blames? It blames you. Because he said, well, you should have been in more control. You should have been able to guide me. You should have been able to tell me stop. But if you tell it stop, then the inner child connects to your emotions. So I guess here, David, we're tapping into our ego, our inner child's beliefs that we should be perfect, life should be perfect, we should be able to control and know all outcomes and that everyone should do what we want and respect what we want and act favorably towards us. So even at a ripe old age, whatever age you are at when you're listening to this, if you are experiencing this, I guess the sum measure of you still not accepting the reality that you can only control so many things, well, nobody's perfect, you on, and nobody else, and life often does not go in the way we expect or want. Well, <laughs> I would say life never goes in yeah. the way that we expect or want because we live in the unknown. And as you were listing that out, doesn't that sound ridiculous? When you say it out loud, when you sit down, and this is what I'm always saying, when you're having that conversation with your inner child, we call it reparenting. And we've done many teachings in the archives. Please look at them. This is the mature part of you, the part of you that's watching me now and criticizing or agreeing or disagreeing and thinking about it and logically going through it. That's the mature part of you, and that's what we want to engage. Alex has just described what we call the inner child. The inner child is on a totally different agenda. It wants perfection. The inner child wants to be future-proofed. It wants to know what's going to happen. It wants to know how it's going to react when it happens. It wants to be in control. But the problem with the inner child, and what Alex has just said, there's a fundamental flaw the inner child is always trying to control external people, events, stimuli. It's trying to second guess. It wants to know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen. And what we've got to try and teach it is to control itself, to accept that we live in the unknown, to accept that you can't be perfect. Perfection is a perception. It doesn't exist. Wouldn't it be better to be the best that you can be and live in your flow? But the inner child will resist that because it will say, well, look at them. They've got a bigger car than me or they may earn more money than me or their children are happier than my children. The inner child will always be on that kind of a journey. And that's what you've got to be aware of. Because if you're not aware of it, you become the victim of it. Yeah. The inner child's in control. Because how the inner child controls you by your emotions. And that's why when we teach the golden thread, the inner child will create emotions, fear, scared, anxiety, depression, whatever, jealousy, whatever, whatever, whatever. It creates those emotions to get its own way. So if the inner child's perception of what our life journey should have been is one of almost like a straight line of progressive right. growth, no missteps, no mistakes, achievements, 
always doing the right thing, always kind of having the right outcomes, like a straight line, like climb, almost climbing up a, up a mountain in a, in a straight yes. line. The, the other part of us that we talk about in many of our teachings, the Shen, our authentic self, our spiritual self, our wise inner self, this has a different perception of what our life journey should be. But, and, and this now taps into, I guess, Dao, the Taoist teachings yes. of what our life journey should be. Yes. It, yes. Do you so, want to talk about so that? So the Shen would see that as totally different. For instance, talking about this straight line projection, which is exactly how the inner child sees it. You're absolutely right. And it sees a straight line uh, projection as it has to be number one. It has to be, he has to be, she has to be the best at all times, better than and everyone else. The Shen part of us, our spiritual part of us, that inner knowing, as you say, that inner wisdom, understands and accepts fully that life is wu-wei, in the flow. And we only learn by making mistakes. Let me repeat that. Every human being only learns by making mistakes. It's something as simple as driving your car. You didn't jump in your car and drive it perfectly. On day one, you crunched the gears, forgot to indicate, run up the curb. You learn as you go along until now you jump in the car. You don't even think about it. You listen to the radio, you talk to your passengers, you drive the car. And so this is the learning process. Now, the Shen part of you, the spiritual part of you, what I would call the authentic part of you, your inner wisdom knows this journey and is happy to learn from the mistakes. Where the inner child doesn't not happy to learn from the mistakes because he doesn't think it should have a mistake. And there's the inner conflict, if you want to use the word. The inner child now enters that conflict and its secret weapon, its atomic bomb, emotions. It now produces emotions. And that emotions now become, my clients will use words like overpowering, overbearing. It's ingrained. I can't change it. I'm the victim. Poor me. And then it will start to use the victim statements. And the inner child gets its own way. It can't win. Then it blames you. So, I mean, I really, for myself personally, I like to think of, the like you know we're here to have a human experience in all its shapes and forms and that the journey is not a straight path there are often pauses there are often deviations there are often <laughs> loops back you know retracing steps and looping back and, and and moving forwards again and i for me there's i i kind of accept that i'm here to have a human experience and the human experience will not always be a straight line. It won't always be pleasurable, but I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow. And I, with that acceptance of that comes a sense of inner peace for me. Yes. And the word is exactly right. The Taoist word to understand this is acceptance. Acceptance for me being a Taoist monk is an extremely powerful and life changing word. So, to accept doesn't mean to say it's okay and it, it's right. To accept means we accept it happens and how do we move on from that. And the way that you just explained it sounds perfectly logical and correct from your human, your mature point, Alex's point. 
I don't know about little Alex, but little Alex would be saying something like, yes, but that's not fair. What happened to me is unjust. This shouldn't have happened to me. The way my parent treated me, the way the school treated me, the way that somebody bullied me, that's not right. That's not fair. And the inner child will hang on to that injustice and fairness and use it, for those of you who play cards, like a trump card. It trumps you. It says, yes, but how about that unfairness? You agree with me. That wasn't fair, was it? The way... My mummy treated me, my daddy treated me, my brothers treated me, the way school treated me. Um, they, they treated me unfairly. I'm not going to just, just let go of that because then now this is another thing I hear a lot from my clients. David, if I accept that and let go of that, they get away with it. And this is typical of the inner child's way of thinking. And David, do you think that as we get that sense of inner resistance... You know, when the inner child throws up counter-arguments for accepting the non-straight-line approach to, to life and our life trajectory, do you think that it's helpful? I'm asking this because, in a, in a way, this is what I've done and it's what worked for, for me. Do you think it's helpful that as the inner child throws up a counter-argument or a resistance or a kind of digs its heels in, is to almost, and it will present an example or an issue that it's holding on to, is to, you know, um, in effect, give yourself a talking to, talk to your inner child calmly and say, you know, actually you're perceiving this injustice or this mistake or this missed opportunity wrongly. And and talk to your inner child as a, as a wiser, calmer, more mm-hmm. mature adult. And then... After a time, it's like the resistance goes. And I guess also I found it helpful to acknowledge that the the disbenefit, the downside of holding on to or allowing our, my ego or my inner child to hold on to the counter-argument or its position, because I can also strongly perceive there's no benefit and it would just cause me more red light feelings, more heartache. Uh, and so actually it's much better to look at it more clearly and rationally and, and let that one thing go. And then if you, if you do that every time, it's like you're dismantling a, a series of arguments or beliefs that the inner child's holding on to. Right. Well, you said a lot okay. there, Alex. <laughs> so let me try and go through that. So, If you can have that conversation that you just explained with your inner child, you're already on a great path. So the first level you have to get through is the emotional feelings. Now, a lot of my clients can't get past the emotional feeling, fearful, scared, anxious, whatever you want to call it. We call it a red light feeling. Many of them can't get past that. And that's where we've done, again, many teachings on how to get past that with a golden thread. Once you can get to where you're at, being able to have that conversation with the inner child, you've already done another step. Because what a lot of people do is they get past the emotion and then they get to hear for the first time what the inner child is saying. And if, for want of a better word, the argument the inner child is presenting. Oh, that was unfair. Look how bad my mum, dad, brother, sister, auntie, uncle were, and they shouldn't have done that. 
Then what they do, they don't address the argument. They try and shut the inner child down. They try and block it away. They ignore it. They look in the other way. And so the inner child then goes back to the emotion. Now, the first level is emotion. Second level is to open the conversation. Now you're at the third level, which sounds great. Now you can engage in the conversation. And this is why I love the terminology of the inner child. I want you to imagine that you are the spiritual parent and your inner child is coming to you and saying, I want to talk about what happened to me when I was six or seven. I want to explain to you that this is really unfair. This was unjust. This shouldn't have happened. My life would have been better if it hadn't have happened. Now, as you said, now you can engage in that discussion. This is what I call reparenting. And to get you to this stage is what I would like you to think we call the Shen test. Imagine your physical son or daughter came to you and said, Mommy, Daddy, I'm being bullied at school. You wouldn't say to them, Oh, you'll sort it out. Forget about it. Don't worry about it. You get over these. Is one of these problems. You would talk to your child. You would get more information. You would ask your child, how can we work on this together? And there's the key to solving the problem with your inner child. Is the inner child and the mature you have to be a team working on it together. So the inner child will give you dilemmas and very difficult for you to solve. It will give you, for instance, it will say, it's not fair. It's unjust. My life would have been better if I'd had a, a great dad who bounced me on his knee and loved me. I had a dad who was never at home, who was a drunk, who left when I was six years old, who abandoned me. Now you've got to address those really deep issues. And to be honest, when I work with my clients, we have to get through that higher stuff because we have to deal with those deeper issues. And that is the as you say, the deconstruction or the re-education. And that is the way that you, you cure the, isn't it fair, shouldn't it have been better, the comparing, the criticizing, the being judgmental. And that really is where the skill of the inner child work comes in. When I'm working with my clients, I'm trying to get to that level as quick as I can. It's very difficult, you know, Alex, because the emotional level is very powerful. Yeah. And a lot of my clients have been living all their life in the emotional level. Yeah. So they're very quick to go, well, I feel this, I feel that, I feel this. Oh, I'm really upset now. You, oh, And they can't get deeper. And then when you get them deeper, you see them start crying and go, well, I don't know the answer to this. I don't know how to answer this. I, I agree with you in the child. It was unfair. It shouldn't have happened. Then you have to get to the level of that re-education, that emotional re-education. Because if you don't get past that level, the inner child is stuck in the loop. And all it knows how to do to get your attention, to get some help, is to create red light feelings. That's why I see the red light feelings. It's your inner child frozen in the corner of a cellar, in a dark cellar, stuck. And the only way it knows how to get attention and help is to create red light feelings. And when you go to help it in the first instance, 
it won't trust you. It will believe you're going to let it down. It's not going to work because the inner child now has built this wall of protection of negativity. And this is why <clears throat> when we do this inner child work, we need to be consistent about consistency it. Consistency is so important, Alex. That's a great yeah. word I didn't bring into that teaching. Consistency is the number one thing. It is okay to say to, say to the inner child, that's a great question. I don't know the answer to that, but we'll find it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I appreciate this is a massive topic. And, you know, for some people, they are ruminating on very, very significant traumas from their past and we've done several teachings on letting go of past trauma uh, and that sort of thing as well as a whole catalogue of teachings on inner child work and inner child reparenting that will help you with this topic and I will put links to those show notes but as you can see this letting go of the past this rumination is very very much based on understanding and working with your inner child. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Wu Wei Wisdom Life Lesson. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and please rate and review us to help us grow. If you'd like to work one-to-one with David, he supports clients all over the world every week via video call. You can learn more about David's consultations plus our online events, offers and gifts on our website, wuweiwisdom.com. You can also meet and share with us in our private Facebook group, on our YouTube channel, and on Instagram. Search for Wu Wei Wisdom and you'll find us. Until next time, stay happy, healthy, and in your flow.